You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. This is episode 95 and a half. I will not make this the official 100th episode. This will not be a long one. This is a quick little Phillies check-in after the first two games of the NLCS out in San Diego. I will touch on the Sixers season opening game against the Boston Celtics from the other night. And then we will get out of here. But I did want to check in. See, check, check the vibes, check the temperature of how we feel, how I feel about what happened in these first two games. Now, you know, you try to project this stuff and you talk about it before the the series starts. And, well, if we could have been out of there 1-1, if you would have told me on Tuesday afternoon that we win one, we lose one, we go back to Philly with a 1-1, you know, we steal back home field advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I would feel pretty good about that, okay? But it's a little different when these things go down a certain way, when you see them go down and you blow a four-run lead, when you have a game when you have a game handled, you have it under control, and your ace kind of lets it go. So we will just kind of talk about all of this. I guess we should start with game one on Tuesday night. We get a masterful, masterful performance from Zach Wheeler. He goes seven strong. 83 pitches. I I honestly thought at the time that they took him out a little bit early because uh, it was still a you know very close game. It was only a two-run game. Uh, he only gave up one hit, one walk. You know he struck out eight. He was just cruising. He was he was dominant. But Rob Thompson took him out. You know we have to trust Rob Thompson as we have all season long. We have no reason not to because it seems like he's pushed for the most part all the right buttons up until that point. You know. Pretty much all season long. You're not always going to be right, but for the most part, he has been. And he took him out. He went to Dominguez. He went to Alvarado, and they they were able to get the job done. They only get two runs throughout the whole game. You Darvish was on his shit, to for lack of a better term. He was throwing. He was getting the bottom of the plate from the umpire and the out. I believe, I think it was the outside of the plate. Uh, that the strike zone was very uh, was vast. We we can say that to put it lightly. Uh, and then, you know, when you're able to mix your pitches up, I mean, they showed six pitches and they said he can throw them 11, 12, 13 different ways. I mean, they were they were definitely giving, uh, they were heaving praise towards you, Darvish, all night long, which it seems like John Smoltz and the boys have been doing this whole series. But, it see, I, I know the typical Philly fan in you and the the – the, just, just the homer in you says that the announcers are against us, but it seems like they've just rooted for the home team. They get juiced up and, and gassed up by the home team in each game, and they kind of ride that wave and ride that momentum, and they've rooted for that team in, in, in all these uh, situations. So I don't get too worked up in that. Hugh Darvish was was dominating. Like I said, he was able to throw that curveball, that uh, that's that slider. He was throwing the slider that like was basically a curveball, and then he was mixing in that changeup. And then he's also when he needed to, he was getting a lot of guys, including Reese, uh, Boom, a couple times on, on a questionable pitch. He's able to place ninety seven on the black wherever he wants, you know, uh, left or right, up or down. He was kind of just he was he was on point. 
He was on point for a good portion of that game. But it seemed like, you know, I saw people on tour, we got to make an adjustment, man. Like, we can't keep just sitting on this curveball and letting this guy blast 97 by us. You have to sit fastball and, and, and wait wait for that because at some point it's going to come. He's not going to be able to throw this slider and this curveball for strikes all night long. It just It's very, very difficult to do that. And the one guy that we heard, especially after his, you know, he had some success, was Bryce Harper telling everyone to sit on the fastball. Sit on the fastball. You know, like that's that's what we have to hone in on. That's the only way we're going to have any success. So, in his second at bat, after absolutely smoking a ball at Cronenworth in the uh, into the shift in the first inning, which could have scored us a run, uh, had that ball, you know, even bounced off his glove, anything else but a good, incredible play by Cronenworth. This is what his second at-bat sounded like on the radio via the Phillies broadcast. 1-0 pitch. Swung on, hit high in the air, left field. This one's got a chance. Profar going back to the track, at the wall. He jumps, he's out of room, it's gone! And Bryce Harper has homered to left field. And the Phillies have a 1-0 lead. Just a towering fly ball to straightaway left. And it had just enough legs to get over the wall, and the Phillies lead it one nothing. Profar got back to the wall and made a jump, which made you think it didn't go that deep out there. It was so high, but it just kept carrying. And it, it really did. Field, it it just seemed like it just season. kept going and going and going until it eventually just snuck out of the left field, you know, that left field wall. They have a shorter wall out in left field, but it didn't have really have an effect on this uh, particular play. He just muscled it out to the opposite field, and it's good to have the MVP. It's good to have Bryce Harper, you know, back in form and having a huge effect in each each of these games and being back in the lineup, looking like his old self. Because the Phils are going to need it if they are going to continue to make this run, especially when you know you're lining up uh, on the other side against guys like Soto and Manny Machado. I, I mean, that that lineup is pretty treacherous down on that other side so you have to have some guys on your side that are going to pick up the slack and do their thing and it seems like you know with Bryce Harper there's been an assortment of different guys who have stepped up in different situations in different games you know Castellanos in game one of the Brave series then you have Hoskins in game three you know you had this different Schwarber in game one of this uh this series here in San Diego, you know, game four of the Braves series was kind of everyone stepping up. Uh, you know, Real Muto with a, inside, and Brandon Marsh, you know, like we've had different guys kind of step up, but Bryce has been very consistent hitting in the, you know, low 400s, high 300s average wise, multiple, multiple home runs. You know, his stats are ridiculous for the postseason, so no complaints for him, our former MV, our reigning MVP. I shouldn't take it away from him yet because no one else has been awarded it since him. So the Phils are up one nothing. It's been huge for them to get the first runs in these games. Uh, pretty much uh, other than yesterday's game, which was game two, they had won all the games that they had gotten the lead in initially. You know, game one, they jumped out with two runs in the first. Game three, they got the, those runs You know, in the second or third inning. Uh, game four, they jumped out with, with the same thing, third inning, fourth inning with a home run, and it was, you know, they didn't look back. And then this game, they get a home run in the fourth inning, and they don't, you know, necessarily don't look back. But what really topped it off was the Schwarber absolute nuke, piss missile, 
dick bomb, whatever you want to call it. It was one of the hardest hit baseballs I've ever seen watching a baseball game that wasn't, you know, a, a home run derby or something along those lines. It, it was absolutely crushed. And I couldn't believe how far it went because right when he hit it, he was standing there and I was like, oh, he, it, I mean, he smoked that ball, but it's foul. And then they show the seats. You're like, oh, no, like that thing's gone. There, there was no doubt. It was just basically a, a, one of those things where is it going to be fair? Is it going to be foul? And it was fair. And it was absolutely smoked. And, uh, you know, they had T-Mac on the call on this one on the radio. So this is what it sounded like for our call. And then I will ch- uh, let you listen to the Padres call of, of the home run, which was also incredible. And deals. Swung on it. Hit. Hit. Wow. Deep to right field. Titanic shot into the second deck. Wow. The Phillies take a 2-0 lead. Kyle Schwarber signals to the bullpen as he gets to second base. That was as long a home run as you're going to see here at Petco Park. What? How, how does Rob Thompson do this? He's. We said 488 feet. Did you see the velocity? I did not see that. I didn't. It was over 100, though, Larry. Yeah. But, but Tom's like... He's yeah, like, you uh, can say that again. Yeah, Listen, like, that ball was absolutely smoked, 100%. Uh, it wound up being 120 off the bat. It looked like it. it uh, if I was in the right field seats, I would have been ducking for cover and running for the absolute atom bomb that was coming for me. Absolutely, I mean, there's nothing more you can say than other than absolutely nuked. That thing was completely smoked. And it, it just gave another insurance run that the Phillies 100% needed because it wound up getting a little bit shady there towards the end, which, of course, made us sweat and made us, you know, freak out and wasn't going to make any of this easy, which we would have loved to have had a little bit of, a, you know, a relaxing finish to this game after, you know, a couple of relaxing wins in Philadelphia in the last series. But, you know, playoff baseball is not as easy as we have experienced it so far, and now we have been reminded of how stressful and how anxious you can become during this, you know, this, during this whole playoff run. And now it looks like we're going to have to earn this NLCS. But this is what it sounded like from the Padres call, which was this was just incre- an incredible road call of a home run or a uh, something not going your way. Which here's Schwarber, top of the order, swings at the first pitch and hits it a mile to deep right field. Soto not going to move. That might find the upper deck. My goodness, it did. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber just yanked one out to the upper deck in right field at Petco Park. I don't know that I've ever seen a ball land up there in a game before. These guys are just amazed. 2 nothing Philadelphia in the top of the sixth inning. I have never <laughs> seen a ball hit up in that territory. you got to remember, the second deck in right field is pushed back. 488 feet to right field. My gosh. Off the bat at 120 miles an hour. I don't know that I've seen 120 no. ever on this. Yeah, you know, like that's that's the thing. 120 miles an hour off the bat. These guys are, you know, they see games in there all the time. They've never seen a ball hit that far, you know, in a regular game. It's different to do it in a, maybe in a batting practice or pregame, you know, all that different shit. But this that was just a completely a Titanic, however you want to describe it. It 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 was just amazing to see. It was just, it completely, you know, the momentum was still on our side, but it completely shifted it to our side. You know, the the 
it tipped the scale our way. And we kind of ran with it after that. They went. That was the sixth inning. We got two more innings out of Wheeler. And then they took him out. Which, while we're here now, uh, th- that I did not at the time like that. I thought he was cruising. I thought they could have left him in. I think the only reason you go and get him is so that he doesn't blow, you know, necessarily tire himself out or blow himself out to the point where you can maybe get him in earlier in this series than you would have originally thought, maybe a game four. I mean, I think already he was going to throw game five on Sunday, but uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and he would have three day uh, three days rest. I don't know if they want to do that. I I guess it would depend on how this game goes tomorrow night. And, you know, if Ranger is able to take care of Joe Musgrove and the Padres, then maybe you would not want to throw Wheeler and give him the extra day if you want. And I guess at some point you're going to have to throw Syndergaard and the Bailey Falter or the bullpen game or whatever it is you want to call it. But I just don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know what their plan is or I don't know if they've even discussed it yet. I, I don't. I don't believe any uh, like confirmed starters have been announced. I think Clevenger is going to throw for them in Game Four, and I mean I think you could probably throw. I don't think Wheeler would be that affected by the three-day rest. I think he probably would be ready to go. But I would understand them wanting to give him that extra day, throw Syndergaard and, and, and deal with the you know just give him that extra day, and we we kind of battle with it, but. I think it probably does have an effect if they win or lose this game tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is a huge game, but uh, they take care of business, obviously, uh, like I've kind of discussed uh, multiple times in here. Uh, they bring Alvarado in in the ninth. Dominguez is untouchable, a very quick eighth inning. Uh, Dominguez is absolutely untouchable, and then Alvarado comes in in the ninth. It, ha- it struggles a little bit, but not nothing too crazy. Uh, Works them into a tailor-made double play ball that Bohm kind of throws towards the, uh, you know, to the outside of the bag that would lead him to throw it in the first. And Stock kind of tried to, he, he kind of short-armed it a little bit. He didn't, you know, uh, Thompson said after the game that he should have just caught it. That's, you can't really blame Bohm for it, but I don't, the ump was blocking him. There was a lot of different factors going on. You can make it a bunch of different excuses. It's simply the play needs to be made right there. And thank God that it didn't come back to bite them because, we would be having a much different conversation right now had that not gone their way. They take care of business there. The next day, it is Aaron Nola against Blake Snell, who is a former Cy Young winner. And Aaron Nola did not have his best stuff. He, you know, in similar to Wheeler in the first inning, he kind of struggled. He was able to get out of a little bit of a jam. The Phillies come... Back right in that second inning, they get some runs off of, you know, the Sun played a factor. Soto misplayed a ball out in right field. Lots of little bloop shots that scored some runs for the Phils. A, a ball that was misplayed at first base. Uh, they just kind of were able to, you know, they got a little lucky, but they were able to work some runs, and that's kind of a, a part of playoff baseball. You get lucky. Shit goes your way, and, and you're able to, you know, take care of business. You know, Harper and Castellanos with, you know, bloop singles, Boom with another one. And then, you know, Veerling hit a double to right field, which was, the, I believe, that was the uh, the misplay ball with the Sun. And then you got, you know, an Edmundo Sosa single. And then Schwarber, get, you know, and Hoskins back to the top of the lineup that 
is either all hitting or they're struggling completely. It's one way or the other. They are getting us no- nothing in between. So they're up 4 nothing going into that bottom of the second, and the momentum gets zapped right away because as soon as that inning starts, Nola serves up a bomb to Ben, uh, I think it's Ben Brandon Drury. I always call him Ben. And then another bomb back-to-back with uh, Josh Bell, which just completely zapped any momentum and any good feelings at the Brandon Drury. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I had that right. Any good feeling that they may have had. Uh, the Brandon Drury home run went over the fence by probably less than a foot. The short fence out in left field. And then Josh Bell, who just hit a Titanic uh, into the sky sort of just bomb that found its way inside the right field foul pole, uh, hearkening back to his Washington National days where he would just dominate the fills. He was him and uh, Soto were like the only guys that they had were that were competent in the lineup that we had to be scared of, and somehow he would continue to just you know, hit home runs on either side of the plate, which, you know, he is a great player. He's a good player, and he is not someone you want to be facing. And he had one of those days, I kind of tweeted out, I really hope we don't see Washington National Josh Bell. And he was there with a three-for-four day, two RBIs, you know, run. He had that single that, or yeah, I think it was a single where he kind of just didn't know where it went, hit it through the right side, right by Hoskins. And, uh, yeah, that 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 second inning was okay. They hit those two home runs, but it was the fourth inning that really got away from the Phils and let this game slip away. They give up a five spot in that inning with, you know, Nola just can't place anything. He's walking people. Uh, I'll go through the exact thing that happened. Uh, Hassan Kim with a single. Uh, Trent Grisham out. And then Austin Nola with a single to right center. That scored him because he, I believe he had stolen second or he was on the move. So he was just, I mean, House on Kim is fast. Uh, then you get a Jerks and Profar single. So it's first and third. Then you get Soto. You, get, you run a fastball right on his hands and he's able to pull it down the right field line. That scores a run. Uh, now it's second and third. You know, Machado strikes out. So you think you're going to get out of this. They take him out. They want Brad Hand facing the lefty and Jake Cronenworth, and he hits him. Now, I don't think I saw a lot of people saying that the take or putting Brad Hand in was not the right move in a high leverage situation. I mean, you can argue that. Look, you're you're right now because of how it played out. But I I, I understand the the thinking of going to Brad Hand and wanting him to just get a lefty out. You, you don't think he's going to hit him. You you, th- you don't think he's going to start throwing saucers across the middle of the plate or throwing fastballs, or throwing batting practice. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been awful. You've, he's been one of your left-handers that you can trust out of the bullpen. And he just continued to serve up, you know, run after run after run. And they had to take him out and put Bilotti in. And then Bilotti walks Hassan Kim. And they get Trent Grisham out on, uh, uh, you know, they call them out on strikes. But after that, it was over. The game the game was essentially over. It was 7-4, seven, it was seven to four, right? And... In typical Phillies fashion, they weren't going to score another run. It's just like one of those games where they score all the runs in one inning, and then the offense goes dormant for the rest of the game, and they don't really show much fight. When, you know, and, and you're thinking, as a fan, when they get those four runs, oh, well, we have Nola on the mound. He'll be able to at least keep this, you know, control the damage and, and somewhat, uh, you know, keep this thing close at least. Nola was not good. It was that, that old school, you know, September Nola that we kind of had talked about. It was just, it was just not a good day. I don't want to, you know, bring that narrative back or 
run it back after all the good starts he's had these last couple weeks. But he just wasn't good. He was not sharp. And uh, I think Ty- Tyrone Johnson, uh, 97.5, I think he tweeted something out where or somebody did. I don't want to give too much credit, but I think it was him saying something like when he, he doesn't have his good stuff, he doesn't battle like the rest of, uh, you know, like these great elite starters. Like, you know, you're not always going to have your elite stuff, your, you know, pitch placement, and, you know, you're, you're going to not throw. But it just seems like when he does it, when he's off, he's off. He's getting hit around. He, he's walking people. It's just, you know, it's just not good. It's very bad, and it's almost like you have to get him out immediately. And, the, the, you know, the argument is you, you should have taken him out earlier and whatnot, but he's, you know, he's Aaron Nola. You didn't think... You were only going to get four innings out of them. So that, uh, listen, at the end of the day, it, it, it's your mistakes were made, but I don't think you're really going to kill people for leaving your, your, your eight, you know, your quote unquote ace. I know people say that, but he's not really the ace. He's a second best pitcher, but still, he's one of your top guys. You trust him. We talked about how much we trust him going into this series. You think he's going to be able to battle himself out of a situation or work himself out. And he just wasn't able to. And, and I, Totally got, at the time, uh, I was sitting there watching the game, I said, they're going to get him here, and they're going to go to Brad Hand, because Brad Hand should be able to go in and get one lefty, and then you take him out. I don't think he was going to come back in for the next inning. He, unfortunately, had to throw against three other guys, but I, I thought that was a good idea to go in and get him against the lefty, but he just he just didn't have it as well. So you went to two guys back-to-back who didn't have it. Bilotti pretty much didn't have his good stuff either, but he was able to work out of uh, a little bit of a jam and that you know but but that by that time the damage had been done it was pretty much that was it you know later on you get a Machado bomb that gets the crowd going again Reese hits a meaningless home run in the eighth which you know in theory you're thinking maybe they could score three runs in the ninth we had come back from the two-run deficit against the Cardinals but the energy was completely different in this one it just seemed like the our vibes had been zapped once we gave up a four-run lead and the the crowd had gotten behind the Padres and they're doing that, oh, 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 it was the only chant they know. And that and Ha-Sung Kim, they chant the guy's name, which is really creative, but they get the win. You know, it was a good, it was a good win for the Padres. It's a bad loss for the Phils. To get, you know, the only reason I say, you know, the one, one thing and you have to see the games play out is because they had this game in hand. When you're up for nothing like that with a guy like Aaron Nola on the hill, you think you're you're are, you know a, a, a on the doorstep of a 2-0 lead in the NLCS, and you are going to have a stranglehold in the series going back home to a rabid fan base and a wild ballpark that is Citizens Bank Park. But it's 1-1. They are going to be here for three games in a row: Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I listen. Uh, we we shall see. I think you know Rangers. I think we're going to get a much better version of Ranger Suarez than we got in game t- uh, game one. I'm sorry of the NLDS against the Braves. He battled, but he was not effective and did not have his sharp stuff. I think we are going to get a much better version of him. I think he's not going to work himself into the same. Uh, you know, he wasn't really throwing strikes. That's not usually like him. I I just I have a I have a, a a wealth of confidence in Ranger Suarez. I've seen him pitch well in many 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 a situation, and I just believe in his ability to kind of figure this out. Uh, he's going against Joe Musgrove, who is a 
pretty dominant uh, pitcher, especially down the stretch. He's a right-hander, so it looks like you'll see Marsh out in center field. But Joe Musgrove has been pretty effective in these playoffs uh, and down the stretch. He gave a uh, dominant performance against the Mets, which was the whole, you know, red hot on the ears, and they're checking his ears, rubbing his ears down very sensually, which was so embarrassing for the New York Mets. But, I mean, down the stretch, he, you know, he battled against the Dodgers in the uh, NLDS. That wild card game, he went seven strong, did not give up a run, only one hit. You know, he played the Giants, which was a six-inning, no-earned runs. Dodgers, five innings, no earned runs. Cardinals, five innings, one earned run. So maybe the Phillies can get to him pretty early, but the bullpen has been dominant for the uh, for the Padres. And you go through this game log, and it looks like he has you know somewhat been able to keep damage at a minimum. Four earned runs is the most I've seen since August. Uh, you know he hasn't been touched up since a game in Colorado. Went four and two-thirds and gave up six. So, hopefully the Phils can... I mean, the Phils got to him early in the year. You know, the Phillies had a game against him where they, they he went six innings and gave up six earned runs. And Ranger Suarez was you know, pitching on the other side. So, it very much can happen. And, and, and this was in Philadelphia as well. So, we can duplicate that. If it happened once, it can happen again. I'm really hoping that it can. I, I have a... I, I, this... Uh, what happened yesterday does not dissuade me or, or make me not believe or uh, make me question these Phillies. I think they've shown you through this playoffs that they are, you know, they are amongst the best in the league, especially in a playoff scenario with all of it on the line. Uh, I just think that they, you know, they kind of reverted to their old self. The, you know, the, the day game didn't help. The one o'clock start out West, the, you know, scoring uh, all your runs in one inning and then going dormant. That was just kind of all typical Philly stuff you know, that we. I think I, it's not good. Uh, and the offense hasn't been great in those first two games. Uh, they, you know, they're the two home runs in the first game, and then they, they kind, you know, not really uh, sustainable offense in that game too. But that's not. It's not the end of the world. I truly. The the momentum has shifted back and forth. I think we can take it easily in Game Three with a dominant performance if we're able to get the Musgrove early, jump up on them, let Ranger give Ranger some you know some cushion, let him work. Ranger can give us six strong. We can go to our pen. We can go to Dominguez. We can go to Alvarado. We can even sneak an Eflin in there or uh, you know David Robertson who. Served up the bomb to Machado yesterday. So I don't know if that's exactly what you want to do. But the more we can get out of Ranger, the better. Because you don't know what you're going to have to do in that game for. You don't know what the situation's going to be. But best case, you know, not best case. Best case, they take all three and we're, we're done this by Sunday. And we're waiting to see uh, the Astros or, or, or if the Yankees can pull off a miracle. Because the Astros seemingly have their number over the last uh, you know half decade, almost a whole decade. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we're, you know, not worst case, but I'll work with two. If they can win two and they have to go back to San Diego and win one game and Nola's pitching one of them and probably probably Rangers pitching the other one, I think we could make that work. But most importantly, we can't even worry about that. We have to win game one. 
We have to take care of game one. Game three, game one of the home set. But we have to win this first game. We have to win game three. We got to take care of business. We got to get the bats going again. We have to make sure the energy's high in the ballpark. And we just got to ride that momentum. We got to ride that wave. We got to take that momentum back from the San Diego Padres. So that is where I'm at and where we are all at as a fan base, where the Phillies are at. I hope uh, everything turns around. Hope everything goes our way quickly with the Philadelphia 76ers. They were taken care of in the third quarter of that Boston Celtics game. They were tied at halftime, and then things slipped away very quickly. Uh, and I think Tatum wound up with 30, 35. So did Jalen Brown. Defense seems to be a problem uh, again, which is not surprising. Uh, Joel Embiid's interior defense has not been good the last few years. It seems like he has kind of... Uh, Lack that, but uh, 35 to 25 in the third quarter is ultimately what did the Sixers in. They were close in all of the other quarters, but you know, like they won the won the first quarter. They you know gave that back up. It was a tie game at halftime, but uh, really early on in that third quarter, the Celtics were able to pull away, and that was I think 15 or 17 from Tatum in that third quarter. And Beat statistically didn't have an awful game, 26 and 15. But one of six from three did not look good from three-point early on. Uh, Maxie struggled for portions of the game, but he still ended up with 21. Uh, you had 35, 8, and 7 from James Harden. That was the, probably the most encouraging thing of the whole night. He looked uh, he looked like he was in great shape. He was dominating. Uh, even in the bench lineups, he was finding Montrezl Harrell on easy dunks. Uh, you know, He only scored two points, and that was on the easy dunk that I saw. Uh, but... Listen, uh, it seems to me it's only one game, uh, and it's not the end of the world, but it is it is not nothing. I do uh, believe that. I think I heard that on the radio today because that is true. It is not – you can't just say that, oh, well, it's one game. It doesn't mean nothing. Well, you would have been freaking out if they won, right? Been, Here we go. We're back. You know. So it, I think either way you have to just be um, honest, and I think it just looks a lot like the same team. It does. It, it, it does look like a lot of the same shit that we saw the last few years. You know, sloppy sloppy MB turnovers, six turnovers overall. Uh, I mean, you know, the team, uh, the team overall, I'd like to see how many turnovers they had. But it, it just, you know, no, really you can't letting the team score 126 on you. It just, you know, let's see here. What, how many turnovers did they have? 14. That's not horrible compared to what they usually do, but... Six from one guy is not good, and Embiid's the turnover thing has been a a conversation for quite some time now. But honestly, you cannot let Tatum and Brown score that many points. I'm not like, and here's the thing: I feel like stupid even having this conversation or talking about it because it's regular season basketball. I just talked about how I don't really care until the postseason. But you have to; these games have to matter somewhat. You these you have to you know I have to care a little bit about them, right? I can't just we can't just act like they're not happening or that they don't matter at all. They don't matter as much anymore. They still matter a little bit. Harden, I I guess if I'm taking one positive away, it's James Harden. He looked he looked on fire. He was he, he looked awesome. Uh, they have a home opener tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. I guess we will see what they look like there. Sixers are minus four tonight, so uh, you know Vegas believes in them. The the odds, uh, the books, everything, whatever you want to say, they believe in them. Uh, tonight so I guess we shall see home the home will give him a boost 
And I don't know. I don't know so much. I guess we will see. The Milwaukee Bucks are a good team. So, uh, but again, I can't even really focus on these guys yet. There's too much going on with the Phils. Even on an off night with the Phils, that's where my brain's still at. Uh, but I, again, I, I just would like to see a more. I mean, I, I guess you can blame Doc Rivers, but uh, what? How many times can we yell for Doc Rivers to be fired? He's not going anywhere. You know, the, and I saw odds where Steve Nash was number one on odds to be fired. Doc was number two. Uh, you know, I don't really think that's going to happen. They would they would have got rid of him in the off season. They they, they definitely could have. So, uh, you know, for for me to get all worked up about that just seems stupid. I I, I hope, but it's a lot of the same shit. It's a lazy team, for the most part. It's lazy defensively, and on offense they're lackadaisical and they and they throw the ball away. So uh, until that changes, and until I see a team that's more efficient. And takes care of the basketball and, and, and takes priority and, and uh, takes ownership on the defensive end. They're, they are they are a second a second round and out team. They play the Nets. They play the Celtics. You know they're done. They're not beating either of those teams in a playoff series as, as of now. That could definitely change. And you know my thought could change in the next month. Even tonight they come out and look great. You know it could be like oh the first game was a was it was a mistake. It was a you know whatever. So we'll get there. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. Uh, Flyers are doing pretty good too, so I don't want to get. I'm not going to talk about them because whenever I talk about them, they start doing bad. But Flyers are looking good. Eagles still six and zero. They're going on bye week this week. We got a, another garbage Thursday night game on the Saints and Cardinals. And we'll be back probably this weekend. I'll definitely be back tomorrow with the UFC 280. We will have a breakdown of that. Charles Oliveira, Islam Mahachev. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be a great card this weekend. Sean O'Malley, Peter Yan, TJ Dillashaw, Aljamain Sterling. There's a lot of good, good fights this weekend. I hope you uh, enjoy. We will have picks and bets and everything. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm up on the year so far uh, since the summer. So what are you going to do, baby? Let's go. Uh, hot Take Hotbox, thank you for joining me.